0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Hello everyone, welcome
0: to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you are in the western New York or central New York area, and you happen to be driving by, or you think like you want to watch some games, put a bet down, Check out the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York. We've been there several times. You will not be disappointed. Um, quick story. I was at a competitor's draft, or, sports book. Not DraftKings one, but it was a sports book. And, uh, it was okay. It was alright. It wasn't nearly as good as the Delago, uh, Resort and Casino one. So check that out if you can. If you're in the area, I, highly recommend it Um, we are going to discuss um, a few different topics but mainly uh, this episode is going to be dedicated to the Matt Ariza uh, I mean, just debacle situation, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I brought on my good friend and staff writer uh, for BuffaloRumblings.com, dot Sean Murphy. Sean, uh, minus what we're about to discuss
1: in, in a little bit. How are you doing, man? Doing great, man. I'm I'm happy that you called me to do this, and upset that it's what we have to talk about. Because like I was telling you in the in the before. Nate called me to do this Thursday afternoon. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to come on. And I went out to dinner with a, a coworker, a really good friend of mine, actually my former high school baseball coach, who I'm now lucky enough to work with. He's, he's a great guy. And we're sitting there talking. He asks if I'm writing. And I said, yeah, I'm going on a podcast this weekend with my buddy that I met when I went to training camp a few years ago. And then I get home and I look at Twitter and it's ten o'clock at night, and the top tweet says, "Why is Buffalo releasing statements? Why haven't they just released Arisa already?" And that's when I started doing some digging and went, "Oh man, that uh, that just changed the the tenor of the entire conversation that Nate and I are probably going to have." So I, I am happy that you you called me, but I am I am it's rough what we're going to end up talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when I first, you know, tapped on the shoulder, like, hey, you want to talk about the Bills Panthers, you know, final preseason game? And you were so crazy. You're like, yeah, sure, like, let's do this. And then it's like, you know what? We, I, I texted you, you know, last night, like, we got to talk about this. This is, it would be, it wouldn't be right to have this huge national media story, um, about the Buffalo Bills and it not be a positive one, but it wouldn't be right to not, Discuss it or talk about it or give our thoughts on it because it was that big of a deal uh, and not in a good way. So, I mean, as much as you and I are both big fans of the Buffalo Bills, like you have to talk about them when they're not good, when when things aren't right. going their way. And uh, this is odd because for the most part, the Buffalo Bills have been like the darlings of the national media and the things that they've done right uh, you know in the offseason and then the draft and we're all just taking it in and then this like you said this happens on Thursday night and I was glued to Twitter for you know several hours just trying to read about what had happened so uh, a lot of people you know obviously experienced this but this is this is kind of how it, it came about for me Sean and you can you can jump in if if something else kind of caught it but like the basically the timeline of what happened was Thursday evening it might have been 7, eight o'clock i'm not sure eastern standard time but th- an la time story came out about matter right the punter for the buffalo bills the rookie punter for the buffalo bills the rookie punter that we were all super psyched about because Matt hawk who was our punter last year was absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. and we got potentially one of the best legs in the entire draft in the sixth round i mean the, the has there ever been a six-round pick that's been more talked about in recent memory than Matt Ariza, the, the punter from San Diego State? Right. I can't even think
1: of it. And you and I talked so much about Ariza the last time that, that I was here in July and how excited we were to see him. And then he, was, he had performed so well in the games that it, it, the Bills felt comfortable, apparently, giving him the job even though as it turned out and we found out they had already known that that there were allegations of of some misdoing swirling over his head that they had found out about which we'll we'll get to a little bit later yeah, well I mean I mean we can step
0: right into it because like I I mean he was he was having a good preseason. He would already won the job. We the Bills had just released, Matt Hawk, their former punter. So the the job was his and we were all excited about this because we had upgraded in a huge way in an important job for a position that, you know, just like Tyler Bass, like we love Tyler Bass. I mean we could have him for a potential franchise special teamers, you know, mm-hmm. Reed Ferguson, Tyler Bass, Matt Ariza, like it was just all coming together and the LA Times story came out, and at first, you know, I, I'll tell you what I thought, Sean, and, and and I think this is just part of my fandom, but when you hear the allegations come out automatically, you're like, okay, like, allegations do come out for certain players that don't come to fruition in any sort of legal matter, like, think of LaShawn McCoy um, mm-hmm. a few seasons ago, and, like, there were some atrocious things that his ex-girlfriend said about him on instagram i believe she mentioned like child abuse mm-hmm. i mean animal abuse like some really rough statements and we're like you know what's going on here like is this real and nothing ever came of it luckily but my first instinct was allegations of rape matter okay you know maybe maybe not we'll see and then i read that. LA Times article and then I started reading more into it people were sharing you know uh, the notes sent to court from the plaintiff in the civil lawsuit you know things that were going on so I mean I guess that was my first thing was like you know within 20 minutes like it changed from you know this let's see let's see how this plays out he's no Deshaun Watson to oh man like this guy might be worse than Lesha- like Deshaun Watson yeah. and then like okay we need to release Matt Arisa. and none of us wanted to do it because we like him, or we like his his play on the field at least. Uh, what, what Was this like a similar progression of thoughts of like how you went from it, or were you automatically like, this guy's gone as soon as you even got a hint of anything?
1: Honestly, the second that I opened the article and saw what he had been accused of, I was like, okay, they need to release him, like like now. Mm-hmm. Because even ju- just looking at it from a human standpoint, just – if if you've been accused of something like that and and when I read all of the things that the young woman did and every step that she took and how she literally did everything exactly right that she, that she could have done. and once I saw all of it, and it's sure it's still allegations, uh, but I, I'm a big when where there's smoke, there's fire guy. and and when a woman, comes out and says that and accuses you of it and goes to the police with it and has the law or her, her lawyer in on it and has taken all of those steps, I, I wanted Buffalo to release him immediately. And that would be it, – it made it easier, of course, because it's a sixth-round pick, it's a rookie, but I – I would have felt the same way regardless of, of who the player is. And that, like, if it's Josh Allen, if it's Stefan Diggs, if it's, I remember when those things came out about McCoy, and I remember sitting there going, oh man, they got to get rid of this guy. Mm. Like, all right, off. And I'll even, I was wrong on one. I jumped with, uh, with Ed Oliver when Oliver was, was stopped for a DUI. And, and I remember reading that at first, and I was like, oh boy, this does not look good. Like I, this this might be a problem for this kid. And then it came out that, that the stop was entirely illegitimate. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like I'm gonna sit here with a, a holier than thou look and say that I'm perfect and say that, that every time I've I've wanted to maybe jump to conclusions in, in the eyes of some, uh, that it would have been right. But it in this particular instance, man, like I just for the way that it went down and I I can respect the fact that Bills Brass wanted to to wait a second. And I, I am thankful that they did the right thing ultimately because the Cleveland Browns had a chance to do the right thing ultimately, even if it took them a long time. And they didn't. They still rostered Deshaun Watson. He's been suspended, whatever, and they continuously fumble that. But I I, I do wish that the Bills had done it more definitively immediately. Just been like, goodbye, buddy because you could see the the, the pall that it's cast over them. Poor Sean McDermott looked I, I've never seen that guy look like that even after anything and and listening to Brandon Bean in that press conference, which is another thing I want to get your opinion on when we go, it, he just did not seem himself either and I don't know if that's because. He wasn't unable to be exactly as forthcoming as he wanted to be. Um, I don't know if it was because he didn't want to be as forthcoming as he usually is. So I, I just looking at how that played out, I do wish that they would have done it quickly, but it is done. It is over. He is gone. And, and they did ultimately make the right decision. But I, I, I would have done it pretty immediately after I read what was going down.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that got me to it, and and, and a lot of the article uh, was allegation, but when it got to the point where they were talking about the girl getting on the phone yes. with Matt Ariza and saying, basically, he's like, you know, you have to get checked out for an STD because he clearly has one. Right. And so he wanted her to make sure she got checked.
1: Now, he and named the, SA- the, the SAT. He named the, the STD, yeah. yeah. He named the STD, too. He specifically said chlamydia in one them. Yes. I, I believe, or allegedly. Allegedly. So, and yeah. like, yeah. And go ahead. I'm sorry to have jumped in. No,
0: no. And yeah. I'm glad you said this because this is a perfect segue real quick to just mention that this... This will get somewhat graphic. Like, um, yes. if there are people that are listening in the cars with their children, like, turn it off. Like, yes, this isn't please. the type. And I'm going to put this as the explicit tag. Yes. Because I want the freedom to be able to discuss the situation, which I think most adults will. But, like, you know, there are a few people, you know, that, that like to listen with children or whatever. Like, this is not the one. This is, no. This is not the episode. Um, it's not a swear word, but there's some terrible things that happen. So, um, in, in saying that, uh, yeah. So, he was on the phone, yeah, and he said he had chlamydia, uh, and like my wife follows true crime podcasts and like Law and Order, right, SVU mm-hmm. or whatever, and so she's really in tune with stuff. So I kind of like, like through osmosis, understand some of the legal system, right, and just enough saying that like you need to get checked like that's not enough for like conviction right like that's not admit admission of guilt right. or admission of something that you did wrong so on the phone call the uh detective was like you know you need to ask her you need to ask madriza like did we have sex Mm-hmm. you know you needed to get that on tape you need somebody saying this like you know i was the murderer i was the rapist like you need to say i did this you can't just fumble around it because he could be saying you need to get checked out for an std because you had sex with those other two guys like which right. we're going to get into yeah. like you know he might be saying that like and you have no idea so like she needs to say right off the bat because she was 17 and he was 21 first off that that is automatically you know a uh we'll get into that in a second but like um, he she needed to say that he, she needed to have him say that yes, we had sex, like you know, basically. And as soon as she she kind of um came across that verbiage that she used, it was like, did we act? Did we have actual sex or something like that? And I believe and, yeah,
1: his quote was, "I am Madariza, and I don't remember anything from that night." Hang up, hang up, exactly. And that's <laughs> you know what I mean. That's like at that point, you have already tacitly admitted to committing at best statutory rape and at worst an absolutely heinous gang rape that very possibly could have involved uh some sort of like roofy cocktail where you yeah. you date rape drugged this this young woman but then to understand what she was asking you that question for and have the wherewithal to go out of your way to say I am, this is me, I am identifying myself and I do not recall, Uh, that's, that's, that shows me that you've, you're planning this too, and you're, you're able to cover and that, that makes it all the more chilling and, and gross and just, just despicable.
0: Yeah, like with, with the whole, uh, like going around it and not saying it like he knows the legal system a little too well Mm -hmm. to either the point where he's done it or he's been coached on it Mm -hmm. and like people like you or i wouldn't do something like this wouldn't be like you know like oh no we didn't like you know like that's yeah that's no no like that i don't know it's it was to me You're right like that's when it came when it was official that that had actually happened because you know it was recorded i'm like this guy like you said worst or best case scenario statutory rape which is a terrible thing yeah um and then like yeah like you said like like not even like you said so heinous the gang rape thing where like essentially and i'm just going to paraphrase it i don't want to go into complete detail from right. the article but but basically like he did what he did, and then he brought the girl into the house up to, upstairs to where two other gentlemen were, and it was a matter of like an hour and a half of I like, know. like coming in and out of consciousness, and because she was drunk at the time, um, and all these other things, uh, like, there were like, she remembers possibly videos being taken, she, she like, you know, there was piercings being taken out, like, it was, yeah. like, this is stuff that is just like, like, these people, if this is true and that's what they did, they need to be buried under the jail. Like All those are people them. that should not see the light of day because if you do that to another human being, like <laughs> you can't no. live in society
1: anymore. No, you know, yeah. society is not for you. And, and it, the least thing that could happen here is, is for him to have lost his opportunity for, for employment in the mm-hmm. NFL. He should be in, I mean, if, if these things are, are proven to be true and it's, it's so hard criminally in the United States to to prove that a rape occurred unless there is actual video evidence, unless there is something, because so much of it is he said, she said, which is why women are afraid to come forward, which is why anybody who's sitting here saying, oh, well, it's a cash grab. Why, why is she just filing the civil suit now? Well, back up, guys, because... This happened in, in October, I believe, was when it was alleged to have occurred. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it, like, all I'm picturing, because again, like, Nate, I'm a high school teacher. So, like, this poor kid, and I'll call her a kid because like I teach seniors, and that's what she would have been. She She could have been one of my kids. Like, this poor thing could have gone to a party on a Saturday, spent all Sunday, because she went to the police, so she could have spent all Sunday in the emergency room with police officers, with people poking her and prodding her and asking her all these questions, reliving easily the worst evening of her life. And then Monday morning, she's got to go to class. Like, like she's, she's got to go to high school. I mean, come on. Like this is just to, to look at that. And, and this poor young woman did exactly what she was supposed to do. And the college apparently dropped the ball and didn't do what they should have done. The police apparently dropped the ball and didn't do what they should have done. Um, the NFL. The, why is this guy invited to the combine if he's got this hanging over his head? It, it, how do you? I don't know. You're expecting me to believe that this multi-billion-dollar organization, who is able to figure out like what these guys are doing at all times, couldn't have? I don't know. There's there's something here that's missing.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that specific point. Is You know, what was the NFL missing? What were the Buffalo Bills missing? What was Sean McDermott missing? What was the coaching staff, you know, in the front office? Because it sounds like, from what I read, is that they were aware of this, the civil suit at least. And, and, and I agree with you, by the way, completely. I've learned so much for this ordeal, unfortunately, about people having to come forward and very little being done because it is so hard to prove. I mean, just think of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like that like that terrible thing that happened to that mm-hmm. girl. And, like, you know, he used a condom. So, like, it wasn't... It, it was basically like there was no evidence because he, right. he, you know... Like, the stories of that, just like... I lost... I didn't have a ton of respect for Ben Roethlisberger. Like, it wasn't like I looked up to the guy. But I lost every single ounce of it and it was just like what kind of human being i don't know but this was even worse than that and like how does that not come out some way like like you said the school hiding it you know for so long i mean just just reminds me of everything that's been happening whether it's gymnastics or penn Mm. state you know with jerry sandusky like these schools don't want any black marks on their program and like this was this was this was one of them and um I guess where do you think that they dropped the ball, or were they just not aware of it? Because it sounds like they were aware of it during the draft process, perhaps. Um, and maybe you can keep me in because I actually didn't see the Brandon Bean press conference. I watched the Sean McDermott one and the Matt Barkley one after the game, um, so I have thoughts on that. But like, I mean, what did you? What did it sound like? Where did the Bills drop the ball? And you know, how did how did this all come to happen?
1: So what seems to be the the way it, it went down is that nobody or very few people, there were no specifics in the draft. Um, Bean in his press conference yesterday said that he spoke to at least 10 other organizations since this came out, none of whom said that they had this red flag on Arisa. Um, Pro Football Talk released something where there were two organizations unnamed anonymous, that said that they had heard whisperings of an incident, but they didn't have the specifics. What it seems like is that no one had the the specific detail. This is what happened until the young woman's lawyer reached out to uh, Buffalo's legal counsel, who I, it, Bean kept referring to Catherine, Catherine. So whomever Catherine is in, in Buffalo's legal team. And this is where I I think that, and maybe I'm being unfair, but I'm I'm gonna I'm, I I blame Brandon Bean, truthfully, because mm-hmm. I I think that he knew at the right at the start of training camp, like right at the end of July, he was called and it, they were given a version of events that had gone down, or they were at least given, hey, heads up, we're investigating. Uh, you know, I have a client who says that that she was assaulted by Matt Ariza, and rather than following up with this lawyer, which they did not do, and he admits that they did not do, uh, they asked Ariza for his story, and they were satisfied with his story. And I I just think it's another example, societally, of, of how we continuously. Don't listen to or don't believe or don't trust or don't give voice to women, period, mm-hmm. full stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that in in this kind of event, and maybe again, I'm a mandated reporter for things like this. I, I've coached girls athletics for the last 13 years, basketball and, and softball, both. In my time as a teacher, I have had more than one female student confide in me that something like this had happened to them. Mm. And more than once, I have gone to the next step. And I have also seen that exact same thing where I've, and it's not just men, I've told female counselors that I have been given accusations like this. And I've had them go, ah, the girl's just looking for attention. Oh, wow. Uh-huh, yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, what? Like, you think that a 15 a year old girl is going to tell her her male teacher something like this just for attention? Like that, oh, wow. that's that's I don't know what kind of teenage girls, you know, but I'm that's not what they're going to do. They're not going to confide in a guy unless there's something that's that's actually going down. So I, I get really pissed off when this kind of stuff gets swept under and watching Brandon Bean on on whatever night that was, Saturday night, I he seemed like a guy who knew that something had gone down, wanted for it to go away, thought that he'd be able to get away with it going away. And when it didn't, he seemed really uncomfortable and he knew that he'd really messed up. And I... I think that Sean McDermott didn't know. I don't I, th- I don't think he knew, but I think that Bean did and and that really, really makes me angry. and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a hundred percent wrong and I'd be okay with being a hundred percent wrong. But I think that at best, Bean thought that Ariza had done something at a party with a girl that he shouldn't have done. And maybe he didn't know the extent of what had happened. But I think that Bean could have been hoping for some sort of settlement that involved non-disclosure agreements, and and they'd be able to go ahead and keep the guy. Because otherwise, you don't cut the incumbent punter and not sign another guy. Yeah, You, you don't hold on to this kid unless you plan on holding on to him.
0: Yeah, and, exactly.
1: And I... I, I think that that's where guys, guys like Jay Skirsky, uh have written. I don't know who was poking you. I'm not laughing at this. No,
0: no. It was my wife poking me. <laughs> oh, she's, Mike? she's like, oh, you're recording? No, it's not Mike. Oh. <laughs> she thought it was just my co-host Mike that does the recaps with me. No, this is a legitimate you know, writer wife. for Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Okay. It's okay. No, we we're just having a serious conversation about you know. Yeah, it's okay. No, no, no. We needed we needed some sort of co- some sort of levity, comic, yeah, comic Ooh. relief in this one. Right. Yeah, take take a drink and yeah. I'm sorry. What were you saying about J Skurski?
1: Skurski has done some great writing. Uh, holding the holding the organization's feet to the fire. Uh, Sal Mayorana and and John Warrow, too have been going off. I don't know. Am I saying his name right? Waro, waro. I don't. I don't actually know how to say his. I don't know if I got. I think it's waro. Um,
0: waro. All right. But it's only because I've only heard a few people actually say it. I just read it all the time. You know, right. it's one of those yeah. words.
1: Yeah. So, so if by some chance John is listening to this, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, man. But the um, yeah, it like to to see these guys come out and and really, I I think hold them to the fire because, like you said, in the open they've been media darlings they've done things very well they have looked for guys who are of high character they have looked for guys who play hard they look for guys who fit this the mold of what they want to be and i i think that this is a very 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 serious misstep in that and it's a very weird hill to die on that it was it's it's a punter i mean mm-hmm. like Like I said, and like I said to you before, if I don't care who it is, if this is the allegation, you're gone. And I I like your analogy of burying them under the jail. Goodbye. See you later. Don't care if you're the face of the franchise or the guy who is only going to come out once a game when we're running out the clock when we're up by thirty in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 a really 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 poor misstep. Even if in the end they did the right thing. By getting rid of him, I'm not patting you on the back for doing the the obvious thing there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, just a quick reminder that this episode of Circling the Wagons is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area, please check this out. Do yourself a favor. Go to the sportsbook over there at the Delago Resort and Casino. Have a drink, make a bet. Enjoy the food there. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal food there. Uh, and uh, and go there on a Sunday during a game or watch a Bills game there or go on a Thursday night like I've done before. It's a great time. You will enjoy it. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Yeah, I think this is definitely a black eye on this whole preseason um, and offseason in general for something that had been going so well. I like I liked what you said about how... You thought everything happened, and I think logically that makes complete sense because in watching Sean McDermott's presser after the uh, Panthers uh, Bills preseason final preseason game, um, which we're hoping to eventually discuss, uh, <laughs> there was it was like um, it was brutal. It was honestly like you felt bad for the guy, but you wanted answers. So I'm glad, like you said, the reporters held their held on with their questioning, they weren't going to let them get off easy. I mean, say what you will for Buffalo Media, they're amazing, Mm -hmm. but, and sometimes they go after guys more than they should maybe, like, come to think about it, like Jerry Sullivan going after, like, the Bills defense with Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, and them getting a little upset, like, maybe that was a little much, but at the same time, like, again, these guys do not, um, you know, relent, And, and it was tough, and it was hard to see, like, your coach that you really, you know, I mean, we love Sean McDermott. He's yes. he's he's the epitome of what we've always wanted for mm-hmm. our coach. He's a younger version of Marv Levy, and you know, et cetera. But um, it was painful to see, and and like you said, I think Brandon being knew and. Sean McDermott specifically mentioned in his press conference the things that I've read in the last few hours. This isn't something he knew this entire time mm-hmm. because you could tell he was shaken by this. I mean, he's a father. He's a coach. He cares about these players. Um, but at the same time, he's trying to build a culture. And this this incident was a wrecking ball to everything he's created. And without them addressing it and like trying to kind of sweep it under the rug... Um, I'm not saying this will cause, you know, a tidal wave between the relationship of Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, but it doesn't help. And I think that it, they eventually did do the right thing by getting rid of him. I don't know if it was a matter of things coming out or public pressure. I have a feeling it was the latter yeah. um, as opposed to, like you said, the former because they would have released him before. They would have kept Matt Hawk or whatever. I don't know. Um But, yeah, this is – and you could tell, like, it leaked into the press conferences, and I know, you know, in watching that game, I mean, the Bills, you know, they were basically second and third teamers against first and second teamers and whatever. Like, the Bills weren't going to win that game, like, no no matter what, but it felt like that loomed over the locker room a little bit. And they needed to freak. They needed to nip that in the bud asap mm-hmm. before the season starts. You can't have that leaking into week one and have that still be a, a media headline. Like you need to clear the roster, and you know it's just like you need to just exhaust that poisonous gas out of the locker room yes. wall, and then just clear it out. Okay, let's start over again. We were in such a good spot. Let's get there again. You know what I mean?
1: Oh no, a hundred percent. And they're like something that when watching Brandon Bean again. Because he kept referring to how he thought that releasing Matt Ariza would be in the best interests of Matt so that he could get his affairs in order. And like, pardon my language, but why do I give a shit about what Matt Ariza is like? No, I don't care. Like, how about we're getting rid of this guy because look at what he's been accused of doing. There's some pretty damning allegations in there, and this this is the right thing to do. He's got to go so that this poor th- young woman can go ahead and continue her fight and and get things and get justice that that she deserves because something obviously went down, and Sean McDermott kept jumping in and and kind of saving Bean as he stumbled mm-hmm. over things and and was. I, I do not think that was one of Brandon Bean's better d- discussion points. Like, like, there's not a lot of things he could have said, I'm sure, because legally he can't say a whole lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And I, I can respect that and I can appreciate that. But there were a lot of times where I'm just waiting for him not to say the thing that he said. And, I like, it's very telling how he kept going back to, well, you know, it's the best thing for Matt here. No, it's the best thing for the organization. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but maybe maybe like let's let's play devil's advocate for one moment because yeah, sure i i agree that like yeah like like who gives a flying shit about what matterizes future is like you know in the nfl or whatever his career like at this point it's more about the victim and like you know what he's done to this organization by the actions that he's you know that he's done so uh but at the same time, we were talking about libel defamation. Like, if you say yeah. that you don't want Matariza on the team because of what he could have done, and it turns out he didn't do it, could you get sued for wrongful, you know, termination or something like that? Like, there are so many laws that I don't understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I mean, I've learned so much from, you know, sexual assault and this from, unfortunately, from this incident You know, and people discussing why it's so hard to get convictions. Everything that you already mentioned, and then we're talking about you know just trying not to say the wrong thing. And it felt like Sean was doing that Friday night after the game. And it felt like, like you said, with Brandon Bean saying that. Like that's the that's the only headway I'll give him for that. Like or leeway rather. uh, That. There must have been something he didn't want to say because he didn't want it to come back, you know, in evidence in a civil suit with, from Matt Ariza against the Buffalo Bills organization. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. That's possible. And that's where I'd go back to right when you hear about the allegations, it's the end of July. That's the other thing, too. Bean said they – somebody asked him point blank, did you hear about this from Ariza or did you hear about this from the lawyer? And he said, well, we heard about it from the lawyer. And she said, well, did – it was a female reporter asking the question. I don't remember whether it was uh, Catherine Fitzgerald or, or Elena Getzenberg. But they – and he said that he couldn't remember if Ariza told them first or if the lawyer told them first. Like, come on. Come on. How do you not I, know that? <laughs> it, yeah. I, I'm sorry. You remember and you – maybe you don't want to – I don't know. I – Bean's easy... supposed
0: to know like arm lengths of different cornerbacks and like, Do you know, you know what I mean? 40 times yeah. and he just didn't remember who told him first. You're like, telling
1: you're telling me you're asking me to believe that this guy is simultaneously at least one of the top 10 GMs in the league, probably a top 5, maybe one of the two or three best in the league, which would m- imply that he is among the best at being able to find information and figure out what player is going to fit. And you want me to simultaneously believe that he's that good, and he also didn't have the information on this guy? I can't. I just don't. Yeah. And I I, I I, really can't. And again, I would be very happy to be wrong, and there's probably somebody listening to this podcast right now being like, who is this idiot? Blah, blah, blah. And and I am an idiot. You're right. But I, it's... I, I just can't wrap my head around that. And the best thing that they could have done was right when they found out about it, whether Arisa told them or the lawyer told them, was to release him right in that last week of July. And then when reporters are saying, why did you release Arisa? You could say, well, you know what? We, we, uh, we gave him a tryout and we, we thought that he was doing a great job, but we're, we're gonna stick with the veteran. And then hell, you could have cut Matt Hawk at the end of the preseason and go sign somebody like brett kern who Mm -hmm. who may end up getting released by the titans or uh this this jake shum guy who is uh punting all over the place hell i saw a video of brian mormon banging one down like 40 something yards if brady can play at 45 and in the pocket let brian mormon be the the punter at 46 get this man a ring (laughs) absolutely
0: i love it i love it you know so obviously you and I are on the same page for this, for just about everything that we've talked about tonight. You know, let's talk about quickly like the opposing viewpoint of it because that should be mentioned like, so, so just to, like fill you in on a story on twitter like that night i was so upset like i went from like i mentioned being like well maybe they're just allegations maybe it's just mm-hmm. a civil suit people are saying this and that and then going to be like man like this this guy just can't stay and people were saying it so like i'm part of like the buffalo rumblings like there's a group chat for the for the guys that are on the podcast network and they were like release and release i'm like ah you know we'll see you know they're like he's deshaun watson well he's not quite deshaun. like he might be worse than deshaun watson i read everything and i felt that way and so when i came out Fi- finally making a decision on what i thought you know which is which is exactly what we've been talking about um we have a Public store on tpublic.com like we have a store there where we sell bills t-shirts and one of the t-shirts was the punk god t-shirt yeah. and i came out and i'm like you know what i'm sorry for all the people that bought this shirt like i feel bad it sucks um, you know, let me know, I'll buy, I'll get you another shirt because you don't, you, who's going to want to wear that shirt after this? Like, right? Yeah. No, it's going to be, it's worthless. It's worthless. You won't wear it out in public. You won't wear it, you know, at home. Like maybe it'll be a a, a nighttime shirt or something, right? Like a pajama shirt. <laughs> something, like to,
1: where... something to train your dog if they're, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to get him to pee on it. And yeah. I, I saw that you had done that, man. And that's, you are, you're a class act through and through. So that, that was, that was good on you. But anyway. No, no, I appreciate
0: that. That was, that was. I just, you know, it was, you know, it's it's some money, but it's not like, you know, life changing mm-hmm. money to give away. it was like those people don't deserve that. So, like, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of people saying, like, you know, I appreciate, it. I'm still going to keep it, you know. And I'm like, I I respect that. If things change, let me know. Um, but people were like, what do you have to apologize for? You didn't do anything wrong. Like, uh, you know, and and they're just allegations. You know, they they don't know like if he really did it. Like, why are we, you know, why are we saying he's guilty before? You know proven innocent you're supposed to be innocent before proven guilty you know and and all this stuff and and that's all well and good i think though what has to be said again and emphasized is that it is very hard to convict people of this Mm -hmm. just because especially especially when alcohol is involved right especially when there's alcohol in your system because you know it's it's harder to remember things they i mean that's just The way that you know alcohol affects your body, it's and that was a big thing in the Ben Roethlisberger case. I remember because the you know the woman was under the effect of alcohol, and like I remember that one was like it wasn't as bad as the Ariza thing, but like his two bodyguards basically like blocked off one of the one of the bathrooms in like a club or a bar, yeah. And so their girlfriends couldn't get to him, and then he was the only one in there with her, and she was under the influence, and like I said, he did ways to prevent so there was no tracing of it because he wasn't an idiot who knows if this was the first time he had done that or whatever probably not um what are the odds that it was the first time that this person had ever done it just like oh one mistake sorry like eh. but um you know and i'll share like my own story like this isn't i mean i never did anything bad obviously but like i remember in college when i was like a 19 or 20 year old like having a party and you know we weren't supposed to even have parties we weren't even 21 we shouldn't have right. been drinking like legally but you know you'd have a party and I remember talking to this one girl there and like oh like what you know what grade or not what grade are you in She's like yeah. you know what year are you you know as you, you be like what year are you what are you studying oh I'm not studying like I'm in, I'm in high school I'm like okay see ya like I don't want right. to talk to you anymore yeah. like I knew even then at 18 or 19 and we, even though it was a couple of years difference like that's not cool like you cannot be here like right. there's, there's, a, there's a limit to this it's not like hey like can I take advantage of you because you're younger like that thought would never pop into my mind and I'm sure well, that, just about everyone listening it wouldn't
1: that's the difference between a rapist and a non- rapist <laughs> and and that's what ends up happening like you said with the when there's alcohol involved too often when it becomes a he said she said we ignore what she said and we listen to what he said. Because we've all been, especially I feel like, because we we get fed this story all the time societally that that girls mature earlier than boys. So that's why, you know, younger girl dates older boy. This is kind of the norm. And like where I grew up and where I, I live, where there are two or three colleges right around us. So it was pretty common For me to be like a sophomore in college with my with my fake ID at the bar. And I would see girls who I had gone to high school with, but they were like my sister's age and my sister's Mm -hmm. three years younger than me. So like I'm in the bar at 20 and I'd turn over and I'd be like, that girl's 17. What the hell are they doing here? Mm -hmm. And then we were like, and then guys would be like, Ooh, she's hot. And I'm like, bro, she's 17. Like you're, that's like, no, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a kid at that point. But so you, you see all of it happen and I, it's, it's not out of the norm, because I saw that reaction, too, where there were some people who, I mean, their brain thought it, and then they actually posted it for all people to say, yeah. where they were like, oh, well, you know, she had a fake ID. If she misled him about her age, it's it's not, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, Yeah, actually, he did. And like, you can't just sit there and go, Oh shoot, I thought she was of age, but she's not darn yeah no you you still did it um Mm -hmm. and yeah so so to have yeah to to have had the experience of being in college and and talking to and and being in party scenarios where you've got people and you don't necessarily know what their ages are and they're Mm -hmm. at all varying levels of intoxication and yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, people
0: were saying, like, like to, to that point, like, people people were... The counterpoint was, like, well, she shouldn't have been at that party. And it's, like, you are right. She should not have been at that party. But the punishment for being at that party shouldn't have been what it was.
1: Or Maybe arrest.
0: she should have been... I, I don't even know, like, a like you call an Uber for her or something. I don't know, like, just, like, tell her she has to leave the party. You cannot be here. Like, this isn't, you know... I, I, I don't know... But it, whatever it is, it wasn't what happened. Like that's that's completely. Uh, I, the only other thing too is I can think of uh, with Brandon Bean's response and the counterpoint to what you and I have been talking about this entire episode is that it's possible that the information that they got was that Matariza potentially had uh, an event with an underage girl, right? Yep. And if that's the case, it's like, well, it wasn't proven, it was, it's not going to be an issue, okay, you know, the, the courts are, you know, they never convicted him or charged him or anything like that, uh, so it's a water under the bridge. I think it's possible, like you said, they, they might have known about that, Brandon Bean knew more in July, but I think... What Sean McDermott was new was like, that was it. Okay, you know, that could be, I don't want to generalize there, but that could be, you know, a quarter of the NFL has had some sort of experience like that that has never come back to bite them, at least consensually, right? Um, Who knows? That's probably way too much. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's potentially, that could be an issue. So maybe, maybe that's not the first time Sean McDermott has heard of that scenario happening, which isn't right, it's not right, but it's much worse than, I think that what they didn't lead on is the fact that he brought them to two other pers to other people, and they all did terrible, heinous things to this girl. Uh, after all, after this bad thing had already happened, and it went from being like, okay, that's in their minds a gray area. We, it's not right, but like, there's no conviction, so we might be able to get it through. Maybe this is what Brandon Bean's thinking, and then it went from there to being like, like I said, like this is part of. A story where somebody goes to jail for 25 years without parole um, and, you know, and this young woman's life is completely, you know, torn apart because of this one incident one night when she, as a 17-year-old, probably had two drinks and it was just too much, you know. Um, yeah,
1: and and it's, if the other portion of the, the allegation is true that he handed her a drink than oh yes of course what what is in that drink and we also have to acknowledge I think that because a lot of, I don't know about you but when I was in high school I did a lot of dumb shit and like I was I was in a lot of different places and and went to a lot of parties that I probably shouldn't have and I was able to go to them in a safe enough environment where I I had my friends and I learned how to go through it, these kids haven't been able to do a lot of things because they've been locked down for the last few years. So I'm not suggesting that a 14, 15-year-old should be going to a party that has alcohol, but I know that it happens. And I know that if you are a kid who is being fed by society that you're supposed to do like more adult things especially when, and I mean, I keep calling her a kid. She's 17 because she, she's a kid when this happens. When if you're fed all of these things that you're supposed to be at this, like you're a high school senior, sure, you're going to look at this tall, muscular, handsome boy who's on the football team and be like, hey, that guy's good looking. Oh my gosh, he's flirting with me. Now he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like this This is what you're you're literally spoon fed this as being something that is... A positive interaction, but just without having the the social interaction of the last few years, perhaps unable to quickly identify just how dangerous the scenario is. And I I don't even want to, to keep think because it, it's now it sounds like I'm I'm saying that she shouldn't have been there, but it's for somebody like Ariza to take advantage of that mm-hmm. and and to put someone else in that scenario where he is like okay I am going to go ahead and I am going to basically ruin this person. Yeah, I'm going to take and, advantage of the situation and that... treat her like an object and and just not care and go on living my life and kind of tongue in cheek tell her that she needs to get checked for chlamydia when she calls me the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I yeah, I I got nothing for this dude. I got nothing for him because yeah. I, I uh, yeah, I just I hope that, and it obvi- this the the poor girl has changed forever, mm-hmm. and and I hope that she can find peace, and I hope that she will be able to overcome it. She seems like, I mean, we all we know is what's been filed, and the fact that she was able to go through all of those steps suggests to me that she is a strong person, and I I commend her for that, whoever she may be, and I hope that. She just grows up to be a a tough badass who is able to change the world for the better and don't let this scum scumbags issues drag her down,
0: yeah, yeah, well, well put. I think we're gonna end this discussion on that Sean, thank you so much for for uh... lending me your opinion on this and your thoughts on this because this is a difficult conversation to have and it's one that i didn't want to do myself alone yeah. Um and so it's good especially with the, your experience with you know girls in high school and athletics and people coming to you you know young women coming to you saying that you know this is an issue and and like you said people just being like it didn't happen and and uh... i think it shed a lot of light to me ...on this, you know, what had happened and within the Bills organization and stuff like that, and I'm just glad that, you know, this is a moving-on point that this, in general, um, it doesn't make me... I don't have to justify still enjoying the bills and liking them now yep. that they finally took care of it because i i think i mentioned this to you i mentioned this several times in the podcast like josh allen's contract at the time was one of the biggest contracts ever um and it was worth every penny not only because he's so good but because he's so likable yes. and he seems and he seems like such a good dude mm-hmm. and it's like there's so many quarterbacks out there like a ben where, where you or you know deshaun watson where you're just like well, he's my team's quarterback, so I gotta root for him. Like, we don't, we don't have to justify that, and we don't have to justify loving our team because it's not a team, it's not a team full of scumbags, like you just mentioned, like uh, right. Rises. Like, it, it, you know, we don't know these guys, but it doesn't appear to be that way. It appears to be like a really good culture full of guys that are decent human beings. Um, and what Sean McDermott preached and, and finally, they did the right thing. Yes. Maybe a little late, maybe it wasn't perfect, but in the end, they did the right thing. We can go on, um, you know, still uh not having to justify why we're hoping this is still a Super Bowl season and loving right. every minute of it and not feel guilty about loving every minute of it because, you know, this they they held on to this guy who has a checkered past and sure he didn't convict it he did get convicted and sure he settled out of court for the civil suit or whatever and well he kicks the ball really far, so good. <laughs> you know Right um,
1: Yeah no, I mean every every woman in our lives probably has a story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they, whether it's something, hopefully it's not as awful as that, but it could be something as, you know, somebody trying to coerce her into something, somebody touching them inappropriately, somebody Mm -hmm. saying inappropriate things at wildly ridiculous ages. So that's just, just seeing it play out like that with your team doesn't feel good at all.
0: No, and this is like on a personal level, like you just mentioned, like your wife or your girlfriend or you know your your mom or sister or whatever, like has gone through something like that. Like we've mentioned, just in July, you know your daughter being born last year and stuff like that. You had two boys now, you have a daughter. I have a three-year-old daughter. Like we we would have thought that this was a heinous terrible crime before we were even married and had children because you just know it's a wrongful act to do that to somebody else it's it's you know it's it's not what we're supposed to be doing as human beings and and so you knew it was wrong but now that you're a father and like you can put a face to something and it just like breaks your heart because you know that could be us you know that could happen to us like you know and we would be as helpless as that girl's father or you know that girl's brother or uncle or cousin or whoever in her life that can't do anything and then just you know has to deal with the consequences each day in and each day out while that guy sleeps at night you know not caring or whatever so um, not to get too personal there but you know like yeah. it hits on a different level a little bit a little bit older the more older you get, I think.
1: Yeah. No, well that's I as as a coach, I was kinda like at the start of my career when I was coaching, I was you know, I was twenty four years old, so I was kinda like I was big brother. You were the a cool
0: coach. You were like the one that was, yeah, just a little bit older. Like Yeah hey. like
1: yeah, but now now I mean I'm thirty six. Like now <laughs> I'm I'm not big brother anymore. Like I'm dad. So <laughs> so I'm sitting there and when I'll watch one of my sophomores go walking down the hallway with a senior boy And then two periods later, I see her in the hallway and she's crying. I look and I'll be like, do I have to kill somebody? Do do I have to take somebody? And they're like, he's a jerk. I'm like, okay, then then get away from him. Like, why why are you doing this? Like the number of times where I've had to look at some of the girls and be like, you're so bright. Like, get, get out of there. Just go away. And when I'm looking at these boys and they'll go to say stuff and I'll kind of go, I'm sorry, what did you just say? And they'll go, I'm like, oh, now you can't talk. You could talk pretty well just before then, but now you can't say anything. All right, get the hell out of here. Goodbye. See you later. (laughs) And then, then whoa, what's wrong with you? Yeah, okay. Well, maybe you know, try not saying something like that to, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. a teenage girl. Maybe have Mm -hmm. a little bit of respect for somebody. So it's, yeah, it's it's it is personal. I, I do. I take it personally, just as a human. But in in my experiences, it is. It's something that that really grinds my gears when when women say things and people just dismiss it out of hand for reasons, why ever those reasons are, and none of them are ever actually good. (laughs)
0: well you know it's it's I, i'm glad that there are advocates out there like you um in your job where you you know where you actually see this on a daily basis you know i'm definitely going to this has opened my eyes this experience um unfortunately for this young girl um you know it makes me more aware of it i think it makes a lot of other people more aware of it and you know a lot of women on social media came through talking about you know mm-hmm. how they were affected by it personally and how it how they've had similar experiences and how nothing ever came up of it conviction wise and how messed up the system is or whatever it's just it's just uh this has been an eye-opening experience as a fan as a person who uh you know cares about other people and hopes that you know they don't come to harm like this so well you know i definitely appreciate you coming on um and doing this and and talking about you know these issues and whatnot um i know it's not easy uh i you know, at least the, you know, the sensitive topics, but, um, you know, the bill stuff is always fun. Um, it's always a good, you know, I think Sean McDermott mentioned, you know, this is just a game, like there's real Mm -hmm. life out there. I think this was definitely a time when we kind of really realized like, man, we get so invested in this, in our lives, in, you know, our thoughts and everything going around us that we don't really need to step back. Like this is truly just a game, (laughs) you know, that's
1: it. Yeah. Um, That's it. There's there's stuff happening that is bigger than the game than
0: the game, but but man, it's still damn fun to talk about with you. So That's thank right. you, thank you, Sean, for coming on. Appreciate you doing this. Obviously, they can find
1: all of your amazing work on buffalorealms.com. Thank you for giving me the opportunity tonight to uh, to give some opinion on on some of the stuff that was happening. I, I do really appreciate it.
0: Great. Well, again, like I mentioned, Sean, it's always a pleasure. Like you're one of my first people to tap on the shoulder um, to talk. Uh, Buffalo Bills, and you've always been so gracious with your time. Thank you again for doing this. Uh, I appreciate the heck out of it.
1: Yeah, man, anytime. Can't wait until we do it again.
0: So this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next
2: week.